let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back with another slip out. And you know what? I, I can't be bothered with this introduction, mate. Let's just um, introduce our guests because I am so excited on who we've got on tonight. Wayne and Janice, aka the Irish Beer Snobs, welcome to the show. Welcome, guys, Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. It's it's great to have you back on with, with us again. We were we were saying just before we started recording that it's probably been three years since we've recorded a podcast together now. Yeah, it's yeah. shocking, really. That's it, it is, Con- considering the technology that we have available to us now. We, that we as well, be- though, and we, we'd taken a break for a wee while, so, you know, good things come in small doses or small packages. We've all got beers in glasses, um, so I think without further ado, let's have, um, let's have a little cheers, let's have a little drink, and then we can talk about the beers that we've got. Cheers. So, cheers, cheers everyone. That is just good. Really, really lovely. Mm. So what have you two got, Wayne and Janice? Um, we've got Whiplash, 6 Million Ways IPA. It's 6.6. This is a new one, right? Yeah, the new, newest newest IPA from Whiplash. Uh, lovely. It, well, it's very nice. Well, it's got Citra, BBC, Vic Secret and Centennial. So kind of traditional, not these new funky hops like no Sabro in sight here or anything like that. So Good. It's, it's just total juice, but I'm getting kind of a bit of a sherbet finish. You know, like when you kind of get that, when, you, when you're drinking a gin and tonic and you get the slice of lemon at the end and it's kind of really a bit pithy and yeah. that kind of like little sharpness there at the end. So it's, it's not like, it's definitely got bitterness in there. It looks like New England. Excellent. Steve, what have you got? I have got um, Silver Dollar from Tynebank Brewery, uh, based in Newcastle, obviously. It's uh, 4.9% uh, American Pale Ale, US hopped to give citrus flavours, hints of orange peel and a lasting bitterness. Now, um, despite it saying it's US hopped, can't find on the bottle or untapped which hops are actually used in it, which is a bit frustrating to, to say the least, but it's giving off big citrus notes. There's um, lots of kind of, candied orange i'd say a little bit of grapefruit in there as, as well but there's also a bit of a bit of a malty toffee creaminess to the finish as well which kind of to me would suggest that they might have used mosaic in this because that's one of the characteristics that i generally pick up from mosaic it's not something i pick up from mosaic myself but uh, mosaic's been a mixed bag this year hasn't it for people and their flavor and the flavor profile so uh i suppose it depends what everyone's getting from it is a little bit different at the moment yeah yeah, but it's a big old 500ml bottle, um, but it is, the, the one thing that it is, is really, really refreshing. Um, what are you on, mate? So I've got a 500ml bottle as well, Steve. Uh, American Pale, Phoenix, from Brewery in Sussex, Bedlam Brewery. Um, I have managed to find the uh, bold US hops that they reference on this one. It's Citra, Amarillo and Cascade. Um, however, for me, I'm getting some of that toffee caramel up front, the, and... It's it's a very, it's called an extra American pale. For me, it's very much a, a British slash English take, uh, traditional, almost a cask version of an American pale ale. It's very tasty. It is very refreshing. But in an American pale, I don't really want the slightly sweeter notes up front. Yeah, 3.9. So not a bad, a low start compared to you and you and Janice, you two. 
Who you know you, our method. I was going to say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect any less from, from, from the snobs, would you, to, to, to go in hard. Um, mm. Now, Martin, the beers that you and I are drinking this evening have been kindly sent to us by Best of British Beer as part of their virtual British beer festival that they've put together in a box. So there's, is it 12 beers? Yeah. Uh, a glass, some snacks, and a, a bit of a tasting guide as well that, that they sent to each of us, which is, which is currently available from, from them on the website. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and, and the idea is, is obviously with, with all the beer festivals this summer being cancelled or postponed or, or moved back till next year, um, is, is to try and have a bit of a beer festival at home, drinking some of those those kind of traditional beers that you generally find at all of the, the, the camera summer beer festivals that you'd have springing up all over the place. Yeah, the box definitely put me in mind of that kind of regional beer festival, the mix of beers and the breweries. But it's not a bad, bad selection, to be fair. I mean, you've... You've got Sam Brooks in there. You've got Lost and Grounded, to name two, or maybe two of the more modern ones. So, yeah, it's, it's a good selection. I'd actually say that the, uh, the Lost and Grounded was uh, a bit of a surprise in that box for me, um, alongside all of the other breweries that, that, that are in there, because you have got a lot of very kind of very traditional leaning breweries, you, you might say. Yeah. And, and then you've got Lost and Grounded running with Scepter's India Powell Lager. That, that's in there as well and it, it does kind of stick out a little bit as being a bit of an anomaly in that box oh definitely definitely it definitely does stick out as anomaly but i think it's a, it's a good anomaly to have in that box but there's definitely something for everyone's tastes in there that's 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 to be said there's uh everything's ranging from american parallels to porters stouts uh, as you mentioned, one of the beers I'm going to be doing later is a rye beer as, as well. So, yeah, there is a little bit of something for everyone, I think. Yeah, and the selection I've gone for is probably the selection I would hit up quite early on at a, a beer festival as well. Excellent. Well, we'll, we'll revisit those uh, as the show goes on because we are going to do a, try and get through a few of them tonight uh, between you and I. Um, so why we are going to sit back and enjoy our first beer, let's uh, have a chat to, to Wayne and Janice. Um, guys, how has the, the, the last few months been for, for you? Obviously, you've, you've, you've lived through... The, the same things that we have in, in, in terms of being stuck at home and changing, basically changing your, your lives completely. How, how has that been for you guys? It's been an adjustment like, like anyone else would say the same, but I guess uh, it depends on the degree. Like I'm, I'm kind of fortunate enough that I work in finance, like that sector is deemed essential and, you know, there's no prohibition us going into work, even though my current employers have have plans that if, if things kick off or lock down again, we'll all be able to work from home with, with the equipment and technology to be able to do it. It's it's just a strange time. Um, and I think we try to make the best of it as, as, as the best you can of it. Um, you know, like the kind of restrictions kind of got relaxed. Okay. June-ish, mm-hmm. so you were able to kind of go up and see family and, and visit friends uh, dis- while socially distant, of course. But up to that point, it was pretty grim. Uh, you know, it's, it's gradually got a little bit better, but um, as we're kind of discussing off air, it's there's kind of been recent spikes here. I'm not sure what it's like in the UK at the moment, but we've our daily average has kind of doubled in the last three weeks, which is concerning. And it's, and it's mostly our age group that it's it's. Mm. where it's at now whereas at the start it was mostly nursing homes so it was 
like the median age would have been 70s 80s whereas now it's it's late 30s so it's it is it is a bit worrying again um for me lockdown was fine um because i was actually lucky enough where i work in a job that has an online store so i was still able to go in and fulfill orders and things like that but at the same time it was really really tough because i couldn't see my friends couldn't see my family and as you know yourselves we all have people who are vulnerable and it was just really really difficult not being able to see them it's it's a bit easier now though because mm. life seems to have gone back to a little bit of normality especially for well me because i'm back full time now um five days in the shop and i i can call over to see my mum and dad and uh, yeah now it's much better but it's still there's that little bit of you wondering what's going to happen in the next few days next few weeks you know it's all uncertain so so, so you mentioned there's been a kind of spike again re yeah. recently yeah. um is, is that are you guys still locked down in terms of your hospitality industries as well if they uh, are pubs and restaurants open again now because yeah. but basically what i'm trying to get at is 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 that spike because people are like we've seen over here are simply ignoring what they're being told to do in terms of keeping themselves safe mm. well i think what happened from previous podcasts we, we and conversations we've had in the past irish pubs are very different like 90 percent plus of them are individually owned by a family or an individual person whereas pub codes would represent maybe 10 percent of the overall pubs in the country but and I, th I think this is part of the problem that we're facing now is that the the government differentiated between restaurants that can serve alcohol which would include a whole cohort of gastro pubs that would allow them to trade on a, on a restaurant restaurant license so to speak while serving alcohol with limited sittings as in you're only allowed to be in the bar for an hour and 45 minutes you had to spend at least nine euro on what they would term a substantial meal um but like human nature the majority of people are compliant but human nature would be they'll always be that group that'll go in they'll maybe buy the food they won't even eat it and they'll just use the hour and 45 to get absolutely tanked up but as a result of this separation of the types yeah. of pubs Nothing. What you've seen is that your traditional wet pubs that only serve alcohol and beverages don't serve any food apart from a packet of potato. Um, they're all closed because the government, I guess, and the health public health advice is absolutely terrified that, you know yourself, you have a few drinks, your inhibitions come down, social distancing goes out the window, you start shouting and singing. They're worried about clusters appearing out of pubs, but there's been no data to suggest that clusters have even been appearing in the in the restaurant settings that are there at the moment. Where the spikes have been in the recent past is very similar to what happened in Germany. The, the meat processing um, and food processing plants where you'd have a lot of people working very closely together in temperature controlled environments, which is a perfect breeding ground for the, for the virus in terms of it's cool. Um, everyone loud machinery shouting and it'll spread. And there's probably been about four or 500 cases in the last two weeks attributed to that alone. Um, so there's, there's obviously other concerns, like people are obviously all living in bedsits and there's five of them living in a, in, in a one bed apartment and that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's, it's highlighted again, I suppose, the, co the r real cost of low cost food. Um, people coming here, getting paid minimum wage or slightly above, no sick pay, no benefits. And 
And often they're too terrified to report they've got symptoms for fear of losing their job. They won't get sick pay. So it's, it's a real it's a real mess, to be frank. Mm. But what we've seen is the government implemented countywide lockdown. So Kildare, Leash and Offaly would be three counties that would have a lot of food production in them in that way. They're, they're on a two-week lockdown, which will is meant to end this Sunday night coming. Um, but the, I don't know. They haven't made an announcement yet about if they will end it, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I guess. Yeah, it's it's frustrating though, because like there are there are some days busy work days, and I'm like, fuck me, I'd love a drink, but I can't. Can't go to the pub. Can't get a pint. But we could go for a nice meal if we wanted to hmm. in a pub that serves food. I mean, to be fair, I could do nine euros on Tato crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese and onion or salt and vinegar. Uh, I don't say smoky bacon. Oh, no, 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 no. It's got to be between those two. I would start off with the salt and vinegar, but I would always gravitate to the cheese and onion the more I drink. <laughs> yeah, in, in fairness, um, the Castle Lounge we were in uh, shortly after it happened, like, you, you just sometimes got to admire the gallows humour. As soon as the government made the announcement about nine euro, um, nine euro limp spend on food, the first thing they did up was they dick it up like a really good fake menu, and it was like... Uh, it's like artisan farmhouse cheese with smoked ham on a toasted sourdough mm-hmm. bread. So basically, it's the toasted ham and cheese sandwiches we had that night in the, <laughs> in the province. And it's basically like nine euro. <laughs> you kind of have to admire that gallows humour, but the the inequality of it all really, to me as as a as a, as a beer enthusiast, has really highlighted the divisions that obviously operate within the relevant lobby groups because it, it screamed to me as an outsider looking in that the bigger publicans or groups that have maybe more than one establishment that have the ability to serve food were more than willing to throw there's no solidarity there they were more than willing to proceed without the rest of their breath their their fraternity being able to open at the same time and it's it's very disappointing to see like as, as Jan said I, I love used to going into the town waiting for Jan to finish work on a Saturday evening and I'd be in the pub having a pint of Guinness reading the paper waiting for it to finish work can't do that at the moment but you know, the government's prioritised, they want to get the schools reopened and they don't want anything to jeopardise that. And mm-hmm. the decision has really come down to what looks like a binary choice. We either allow the pubs reopen and we see what happens or we delay the pubs reopening long enough to get the schools back up and running and see what happens there first. And to be honest, I can't understand why the pubs can't be open if there's going to be guidelines put in place like there is for restaurants. Yeah, like, I agree. We know like there's, there's loads of shenanigans happening over here. You just have to go and look at what happened on in Dublin the other night. It was all over Twitter. It's made the news. And um, so basically there was a pub in Dublin who uh, the barman was hanging out of the bar and free pouring shots into people's mouths uh patrons weren't wearing masks and it was a brunch that had been organized by an influencer and it just it just really really riled a lot of people up the wrong way which yeah it was on the bbc news over here as well so it's it's traveled over to this side of the irish sea as well it's just it's just not what anyone needs is it no it's it's such a it's it's a it's a really for, for those places which are desperate to get those their doors open and would do their utmost to do the right thing it's a kick in the teeth yeah absolutely. That, there was that country pub down in the in the news just last week uh the pub is i think this would have been fourth generation it's had to close the stories and they'll never reopen That's see that, and that won't be the last one no. No. no that won't be the last one and it was just so sad to see people actually willingly 
drink from the bottle. Mm. It was like, I can't believe you're doing this generally at the best of times, but yeah. this isn't the best of times. And people but the were, day, were the day they chose to do it was the day that all of the pubs rallied together for the hashtag support, not sympathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, ha- and then that happens. And that happens. Yeah. It took, it, it, it took away all the good work that, that, um, that cam, that social media campaign was highlighting. Yeah. That they kind of look. If, if all they want is clear, a clear plan from the government, and if there is a clear plan, and they're told, look, we're not going to be able to reopen you until September, October time, that the government does the right thing and puts in place the, the necessary financial supports for these these sectors. Like a lot of them are still having to pay insurance premiums and other things that. How are, you, how are you meant to pay them long term if you've got no cash coming in the door? Like it's, 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 it's the thing of optics again, though. Like it, it, the reason the pubs got fought, like a lot of pubs has to be said voluntarily closed down mm. before lockdown came. And I, I remember listening to the, a couple of your podcast episodes earlier in the year, and similar was happening there. A number of bars volunteered and said, "Look, you know what? We can't, we can't guarantee social distancing or whatever here, so we're going to close voluntarily." But then you had like scenes similar to last weekend. You had scenes like that just before St. Patrick's mm. Day in Temple Bar in Dublin, where oh, that, yeah. that, that optically, there's a very nanny state approach to government legislation of alcohol in Ireland, surprisingly. And that would have just given them all the ammunition they need to go close the pubs straight away because the optics just look terrible. And again, the optics look terrible again. And, you know, like any kind of chance, the 31st of August is when they're meant to be reopening. I'd say there is no chance of that happening. But on a lighter note, the hotels are opening. Okay, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's good news. I mean, over here, as of recording, pretty much we've had a further relaxation. Uh, so things like uh, temp in bowling alleys, so some of the remaining beauty treatments can be taken uh, care of now. And I think casinos. So I think pretty much the only thing left is nightclubs, which mm. thankfully we seem to have not wanted to reopen. <laughs> you say hotels are opening. So does that also mean that hotel bars are opening? So do you think you're going to see people kind of abusing that as well and just the, basically the ho- drinking in hotels? The, hotel, the hotels are open. Hotel bars are not but if they serve food, they are. Okay. Yeah, the so, same restrictions apply. Yeah. Right. So, so like, we, 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 I don't know if, when we go down to Kilkenny, if we can go into the hotel bar after a meal and, and sit there and have a drink. I've absolutely no idea. So I'm just going to bring a rake of drink with me. Seems, seems to be the way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so over over the the last few months, much much like the rest of us, you, you've yeah. probably got very used to enjoying a beer at home. Yeah. Um, ordering beers on, on online, that sort of oh, thing. Yeah. Have there been any real standout beers for you yeah. in, in, in that period? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my favourites. Um, I'm actually going to drink a beer from this brewery next. Um, it was a dark mild and we ordered it. We were actually lucky enough to order it from the brewery directly. Mm-hmm. We are able to organ, uh, order a mixed case. Now, it's a brewery that I really, really love anyway. But uh, yeah. Dark Mild was a standout for me, and it's from Four Provinces Brewery, which are based in Kimmage in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. So um, they actually have a, like you'd have to see, if you saw the size of the brewery, you kind of get, it's tiny. It's like, tiny. it's very small brewery at the back of the, they have a pub as well. So they, they sell their own beers and a couple of uh, macro offerings for the local customers. 
but they started selling direct online and I think it was like 24, 24 cans for 60 euro delivered, which I think was very reasonable. The Dark Mild and the Robust Porter were two standouts from yeah. the box. Uh, Dark Mild is a style that <laughs> very, very rarely gets brewed over here. Mm. Um, I think I've, I can only count maybe less than half a dozen examples in the last five or six years and it was just really good um like we were kind of campaigning that once normality resumes that if they kicked a few into casks for a few of the pubs around the city center like underdog and the Galway bay pubs mm-hmm. and things like that that you know you'd, you'd go out of your way to have a couple of pints of it because it was just really really good i was going to say my my i was going to say mild had to be an unusual uh, and a, a, a brew style which isn't brewed very often over there because mm-hmm. it is very much suited to the cask way yeah. of serving as well i'll be smashing on cask yeah really really good mm. um then the other one our other go-to was ace of haze by blacks and Kinsale. so black sam and maud black we know we've known them since the very beginning um of their brewery back in 2013 but um they brought like our 4.2 percent new england ipa um laced with citra was it mosaic cryo hops and everything like it was just 4.2 percent and i was just out going this is ticking all the boxes has bags of flavor it's actually easy to drink a good quantity of it's like a perfect barbecue beer you can sit there drink six or seven cans of it and you'll be like yeah this is lovely um that was a really good beer i'm trying to think was another one of mine (laughs) a bit controversial is a pilsner called Manislav from Tesco at 150 a bottle. That's not controversial. That's not controversial. You talk, you, we've got the Rhinebecker King on here. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that. That's our, that's our Sunday sipping. We always, we always like an El Rhiney, but um, Manislav is very much a traditional Czech-style pilsner mm. um, made by a brewery in Dundalk. So it's made by um, what they call the Piers Lions Brewery now, so they were Altec previously. Um, so they make it exclusively for Tesco and it's like one euro 49 a bottle and like I think Bernard was t- tweeting about it and Aaron the guy who writes for the star he was like oh yeah you have to try it and I was like oh yeah I must give it a go and picked up a few bottles and I'm like bloody hell that is it's like a, it's really good for watching the footy um, they're my three god now you've put me under pressure uh, well because Ace of Hayes was definitely my standout beer of the year so far um, definitely had some exceptionally good beers like, I've revisited a lot of beers as well I've Taking the opportunity to go back and try beers like that I would have drank previously. Boom, Boom is another, it's an old beer, but we absolutely drank loads of it as well. Um, but again, like you're trying so many new beers, it's almost impossible to keep up. You know, like I play golf at the weekend and I go into the off license and I'm like, oh, what, what new stuff has he got in? And I'll be picking off the shelf and then I'll go, yeah, I'll take five or six of these like Scraggy Bears by Kinniger and you know, other beers to have there. And it's just, it's been great to be able to see so many of the Irish breweries in particular pivot to small pack really quickly, um, enabled by, like, we've a very good mobile cannon company over here that has very good nationwide coverage, um, but then pivot to online sales as well. I think that's been probably a lifeline and game changer for quite a lot of them. Um, I know from chatting to a couple of the guys, um, they... They definitely were like, if we didn't have it, the lights would have probably been turned off. 
And I think I think yeah. that came across on because because you guys also brought back your your podcast during lockdown, yeah. which was it was great to, to hear you guys doing that again. Um, you know, both Martin and I have said on many occasions we're great fans of of, of what you do with your podcast. But it was it, I, I thought it was really interesting the way that you brought different people in. From, from from different breweries to talk about their experiences and and how they had that they had changed and there was there was the one one chap and I, I can't remember which one it was but was was essentially saying that he he was kind of went from brewing beer to putting it in small pack to running an online shop and then all of a sudden he was also fulfilling other breweries beers as well as, as part of that online shop that would be Liam Toti from Dead yeah. Centre Brewing. Um, yeah. They joined, well, not joined forces, but uh, he set up the thebeercloud.ie. Um, they're based down in Athlone in basically the Midlands. And he was able to work with all the local breweries to him to be able to basically distribute to, to customers from his premises. Yeah. And then, then a lot of other breweries from all around the place yeah. that might not have nationwide distribution were like, yeah. can we jump in on that? So Beer Cloud is, like, I think Liam said he was, like, it, it, it was like an idea that spawned out of nowhere and he didn't expect it to grow legs mm -hmm. in the way it did. But he's he's reopened his brew pub now, which also serves really good pizza. Um, and he's keeping Beer Cloud going. So it, it, it's... it's and as he said himself, he's not doing beer cloud to make money. He's happy just to cover his costs or whatever. Um, but, but it's it's getting those breweries beers to the customers that probably would never have tried them. Yeah. Like there's going to be a lot of people that wouldn't have been able to try St. Mel's beers and like other breweries that he has. And it's it's great to see because he's done he's done mm. really well, really really well. Do Do you think this time has forever change the way that breweries will do business in in, in ireland because i think I, th I think martin and i would would, would both agree that we, we think things are going to have changed over here as as, yeah. as a result S certainly we've seen we, we saw a lot much like ourselves we saw a lot of breweries jump into the online market very very quickly who had never even thought about it before but yeah. but do you think some of those changes will, will stick and continue to be part of the irish beer scene now I certainly hope so because I I don't know how comfortable that I personally would feel when the pubs do reopen and how comfortable I would feel about going in for a drink right now. So I'm actually really enjoying being able to buy my beers locally for, or directly from the brewery and being able to enjoy them at home. So I do hope that they continue that trend where they have their online store and they don't let that go. Um, I just hope that when the pubs do reopen, they won't forget their online store. <laughs> yeah. Because they've, they've all done so well. And like even through Beer Cloud, there was um, the other guy, Brian, that we had on from uh, Craft Beer Community. There was a few virtual beer festivals that were really, 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 really cleverly done um, where they curated a box of 12 beers they had the breweries involved as well and you know it was a great saturday afternoon during lockdown when you had absolutely fucking nowhere to be mm -hmm. you could you were just able to enjoy these beers see some friendly faces i don't I, i'd like to think that would continue but there hasn't been one for a while 
No, and I think Brian just put out a save the date there the other day for uh, first weekend in September. But I think there's kind of two things to it. The, the question of, like, the brewer's license in Ireland gives you very specific trading conditions and whether all were 100% in compliant with, compliance with that license is one question. And the second question mm -hmm. is, would the relevant authorities, e.g. the revenue commissioners, uh, inland revenue be looking to prosecute businesses for trying to stay alive in the current climate probably you wouldn't touch it with a barge pole but if they continue if if things kind of return to normal by the end of next year then you could see that being policed a lot more strictly but we you, you just see the like i suppose crisis generates innovation you saw a lot of guys partnering up with licensed premises so stone barrel one of our favorite breweries in dublin they teamed up with 57 The Headline and mm -hmm. they were able to use 57 The Headline's license to be able to sell beer. So technically... Massive shout out to Jeff and Mora. Yeah, Jeff and Mora, legends. Um, the, the technicality of it is a brewery can only sell direct to a customer 19 litres of beer under the current manufacturer's license. So it's, as you can imagine, that's a large quantity of beer. That's... That's going to be so at the start, 40, 440 mil cans at least. Yeah. So at the, at the beginning, there was, you know, you have to buy three cases of yeah, some people. You definitely saw that. And there are still, there are still some, like, I suppose this is the difference of interpretation of the law and whatever. Like, this is my interpretation of it. But at the same time, I really hope that A, breweries continue to sell direct, but also I hope it gives fucking publicans the kick up the holy fucking need to stop crying about support local when they don't support their own local fucking businesses. And I'm sorry, but I'm extremely passionate about that. It's, it's the hypocrisy of the position that does my head in even more. It's like, it wouldn't take a big deal for the local, a local pub here to get in a couple of cases of 500 ml bottles and put them in the fridge mm -hmm. and they've got a year's best before date on them and they'll, they'll sell and encourage your staff on how to sell them and talk about the provenance of the product. But they're all bleating on about supporting local and all this kind of shite but like lads look in your own backyard as well sorry Randall, right? don't don't apologize I, I was wondering when that might happen having seen your your tweet at the weekend anyway or your thread to be more precise yeah. that is a good point well made uh, i don't think on one hand you can say support local and then not do some small part yourself when you do have the opportunity yeah. so no i think it's a point a good point well made there wayne have you noticed janice has already cracked open her, ne her next beer steve yeah, well, well, come on. I, I've been sat here for the last 10 minutes or so waiting for um, an, an appropriate time to crack open mine because I, mine evaporated. Oh, sorry, I didn't wait at from, all. <laughs> from, 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 from the glass. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some final thoughts on, 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 on the beer that, that, that I had just while you're finishing yours off there, Martin. Um, it was really, really enjoyable. Uh, just just loads of loads of citrus and and like I say that pithy orange grapefruit notes running through it. Uh, a lovely balanced bitterness on the finish. Um, just really really refreshing. Um, quite happy with that. The um, Time Bank Silver Dollar. Now I I thought I'd had this before um, on on one of the occasions I'd been to Newcastle, but the Oracle that is untapped tells me no. So this is um this is my first taste of this. And it's, well, you uh, definitely haven't had it then. Simple no, no. So, um, just uh, I mean, I look forward to that. So I've got we we've got the same selection in our respective boxes, and actually, just to reference what we said earlier, there's actually 14 drinks in the box. It says 12 beers, one artisan cider, and one craft lager. So there's actually 14 in the in the box oh, okay. plus plus the glass, 
plaster peanuts. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not a bad selection. And I would say two thirds of those are four are 500 milliliter bottles. Easily. Yeah. So um, final thoughts on my one from the bedlam. Never quite got past those sweet multi notes, which sort of took away from the uh, American pale element of the beer for me. So like I said, 500 milliliter bottle, it was a little bit of a struggle, especially as it warmed up in the glass. Maybe a pint of cask in a beer garden, I might have different thoughts about it. But it wasn't a massive win for me, that one. Oh, see, now I tried that one at the weekend and I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I found it really refreshing, really zingy on, on the citrus notes. Well, we have to disagree sometimes, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I suppose so. But much like yourself, you know, we've, we've, got, we've got all these beers we're trying to work our way through and give, give as much of our thoughts as, on them as possible. Now, um, Mr. and Mrs. Snob, you've uh, both moved on to your next beers down there. Yeah. Um, Janice, that porter looks yeah. delightful in, in, in the glass. They've yes. got porter envy. It's a 6.2% robust porter from four provinces. It's the shit. It's really good. Excellent. I really, I really, really want to crack out a whiskey with it as well. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> it's a <Monday> night. <laughs> hey, <party> time. <laughs> um, Wayne, have you moved on to something else, or are you still on the same? No, I, I demolished that six million ways. Um, it was a really lovely beer, actually. Really, really, really good beer. Um, I've moved on to a random beer that was in the fridge. It's been lying there a while, so I don't really have great expectations for it. It's Sierra Nevada's 40th anniversary, hoppy anniversary ale. So I don't even know what to expect, but that, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale is the king, the original king. Yeah, so you would hope that, that that's, that's got some pedigree behind it, hope, hasn't hope it? hope that heritage kicks through, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Martin referenced that I might have some Porter Envy. Um, I am also doing a Porter next. I've got a Postman's Knock from Hobson's. Uh, this is a rich ruby Porter at 4.8%. Uh, Martin, what, what are you on to next? Um, I've got uh, a definitely a traditional stout, Titanic Brewery, 4.5%. It's just described as a traditional roasted dry stout. And referencing the Oracle of Untapped, I have had this twice before, enjoyed it twice before, but both on tap, but not since February 2016 have I tried this beer. Oh, so a bit of a revisit for you. Definitely on, a revisit. On, on this one. Well, well, let's get in again, guys. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. I'm definitely getting the whiskey. Janice has briefly exited the recording to get whiskey. <laughs> well, why yeah. Janice is getting her whiskey? Should we um, should we rattle through the news this week? Um, first up uh, was a was a story that you sent over to me, Martin, um, which was something that you picked up about the best places to live in the UK for a pick of the pints. Now, this is um, some research that has been undertaken by Mojo Mortgages who have worked out the best areas to move to if you want to live in the best place for a pint. They analysed uh, over 50,000 pubs across the UK and worked out the number of pubs per square mile in each location. Um, so coming out on top of, of this particular table was, was Portsmouth with, with 12 pubs per square mile. Um, in second place was Brighton with 11 pubs per square mile. Third place, Norwich, also with 11 pubs per square mile, and then Bristol with 10 pubs per square mile. Now, this, this list goes down to the top 10. And, and interestingly, no London on, on this list. Um, I guess there are parts of London where you can go a decent distance without 
uh, coming across the pub. I mean, I suppose what I couldn't get from that survey, Steve, the results of that survey was the quality of pub or the quality of drinks being served. So I know they said Portsmouth, but I've never really heard Portsmouth being referenced as a beer city destination. No, but the other three are. So, so, yes. so Brighton, Norwich and Bristol are, are all recognised as being destinations for, for, for good beer and good pubs. Was Man- did Manchester make the top 10? Manchester was in 10. So after, I'll, I'll run down the full top 10. So uh, Bristol was fourth, uh, Liverpool fifth, Dundee sixth, uh, Nottingham seventh, Oxford eighth, Worcester ninth and Manchester in 10th. See, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit surprised Manchester being down in 10th. But, you know, again, if Manchester's only made 10th, London hasn't even made the top 10. And there are some other cities there. Leeds hasn't made that top 10. Well, there's no Birmingham. No Newcastle. Yeah. Um, well, there is, there is uh, full data and methodology available, if anybody's into their research and stats. Uh, and we'll link through to that in the show notes so you can have a read through that and see how they came about that decision. Now, I, look forward to, uh, I look forward to the summary from Sean. I, yeah, I'm hoping for a summary from Sean as, as well on that one. Um, now, the second story in the news uh, is, is also going to be our, our feature uh, for opinions this week as well. And this is uh, Brew London have launched the UK's first socially distanced beer festival, which will take place in London over the August Bank holiday weekend. Uh, there will be over 50 breweries pouring at the summer sessions. Um, which will be held at the Printworks in London. Um, They've created additional space, transport options and outdoor and indoor seating. And the the days will be split into two sessions, 12 to 4 and 5 till 9. You have to book a table in advance, which is priced at £60 for a minimum of six people. Uh, You're asked to give an arrival time for for your table. And then it's basically all table service, isn't it, for the beers that you want? Yeah, um, they have also, apparently there were quite a few inquiries about tables for four. So they're, apparently they're looking into that as an option as well. Um, and split within those sessions that you referenced, Steve, you can also do indoor or outdoor as well. Um, but they do note on there about the outdoor, if the weather takes a turn for the worst, it's limited shelter from the umbrellas above the tables. And they can, at the discretion of uh, the event, move people inside but again presumably they'd have to have an element of extra space available to do that should they need to uh, i found a few things interesting on here um one was the the session finishing the evening session finishing at nine o'clock steve quite early for a beer festival yeah so they're obviously taking that approach of uh, well we don't want people being here till 11 o'clock or something um no um no pre-buying for your beer, so you're not doing any sort of all-in tickets. And as far as I can work out, I think the pools come in two serves, half pints and two third pints. So, the, I mean, if you read the general terms and safety procedures and you read all the information, there's a lot. I mean, I'm looking at my work monitor now, which is a fairly sizable beast, and I still can't read from top to bottom all on one screen all the terms and conditions and the safety references that they've got on there. But perhaps we can get into that a bit more as we talk about the actual poll itself anyway. Well, yeah, because it was it was that news article that did actually prompt this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was simply, would you go to a beer festival yet? 
So we had 774 votes on this one. 74.4% of people said no, 25.5% of people said yes. Um, let's run through some of the comments that we had and then we'll get into to, to our thoughts on, on this as well. So first up from um, Bullman's Beer Reviews at Greg Bullman. Yes, provided it was local, I could go early to avoid peak crowds and the festival organisers were up front with what to expect there. From Chris Elston at Elston's Beer Blog, I think it's potentially still a bit too early for people to commit to going to many forms of large gatherings, beer festivals included. From Simon Webster at Bees underscore boy, it's a no from me. Although something like the Ealing Beer Festival with the beer in large marquees while most people drink outside in a beautiful park would have tempted me. From Paulie G at Can I Get a Pee? Oh, can I have a little taste of that? I don't want to spend tokens on saying I might not like. I think I feel like a hint of sarcasm came with that one. Just, just a little bit. And, and that, that was backed up by Jake Overton at Jaco Beer. It's the same when I used to go to the Reading Festival or the like. You always get festival flu. <laughs> and from your boy, Rob Edwards at Rob Edwards 90, I have tickets for a festival that was rearranged for November, but I just can't see it being able to go ahead safely, especially not with the current trend of local lockdowns. From Michael at Bring On The Beer, wait until it can be done properly. Pubs being open is nice, but it's still artificial and disciplined, not free, easy and familiar. Those days will return when they and we are ready. From Justin Mason at 1970s Boy. I went to one yesterday at Brentwood Brewery. Socially distant tables, socially distant queuing, very well organised and everyone was very sensible. The fact that they have a large outside area on a very hot day helped a lot as there was no inside seating at all. From Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, every inch of me would absolutely love to be sat in the midst of a throng of happy, friendly drinkers enjoying some great quality beers from great breweries. But as I've barely left the house for months, it feels way too soon to be, feel comfortable in such a scenario. Shame. And then from Laura at Laura Ruh, 31, I totally agree and I'm not ready to go to one yet. But it does raise the point that social situations are never risk-free at the best of times. And if we're now waiting to feel that way, maybe we're being unrealistic. And the final two, from Phil Hardy at Fillard. Of course, it's going to be perfectly safe as long as they have implemented safety guidelines. Most beer festival goes behave impeccably, never getting incapably drunk, sharing beer glasses, vomiting, pushing and shoving at bars. What could possibly go wrong? And from time at the bar pod, Bristol Craft Beer Festival looks like it's going ahead on the 11th to 13th of September, which seems way too early for me. But I've heard that they need the council to shut them down or they can't claim on the insurance. Not that they should risk lives of money in brackets. An interesting one to finish on, isn't it? Very. I'm sure we'll come back to that. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Snob, uh, I'm guessing you feel like you're many, 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 many months away from even the suggestion of a beer festival happening in, in Ireland, seeing as your, your, your pubs aren't even open, yeah. open yet. How, let's, let's just suggest, uh, let's use a, use a festival that we're all very aware of and we've drunk at on many occasions. Yeah. Let's, if, if Indie Man was going ahead in October, would, would you be coming to it this year? Absolutely no chance. No, I just, I just, no. I could wear a mask, a visor, a fucking body condom and I still won't go. Body condom? 
there, folks, is an image for you on Thursday morning when you leave, listen to this podcast. I have no idea what that even is. <laughs> absolutely no chance. No, like I think. No way. I think it comes down to two things. I think while you. For, for me, a beer festival is wanting to be able to be there with my friends, and we all know that we've a lot of friends in the beer world, and you just can't enjoy those surroundings anymore. Not right now. Yeah, I kind of think individually, like it's all about individual responsibility at the end of the day. And I think if 90% of people are doing the right thing 90% of the time, we'll be okay. But the reality is you go to a, a situation like Indie Man, like remember being in the, was in the swim, in the, in the dark room where Beaver Town had the DJ playing that time. And we got snuck into the next session and it was still like, you were like sardines down in that pool at that time. Like, I just don't see it as, even even for Ireland, I I can't like all the big music acts have already scheduled for summer twenty one. Like I don't even see that being realistic at this moment in time. But who knows? It, Donald Trump could be right; could just evaporate into the air. But I doubt that as well. I think for me, it's two things. One, you can be responsible for yourself, but you can't be. You can't. It's like you're in a car accident. If someone hits you, you can't control that. So if you've got some guy coughing and breathing all over you while you're queuing for your uh uh what's the name of the what's the name of that beer i had yellow belly was it yellow belly sunday <laughs> they're queuing for your yellow belly sunday indie man and some guys breathing all over you and they could be infected like you can't control that no matter what what steps you take yourself and and secondly i think everyone's inhibitions just go out the fucking window when you've had a few well, beers like you know you know what we're like we all get huggy and yeah and said, I love you guys. Like that when we were in O'Neill's that night. It was, it's just like that's what that's what it's about. It's it's the friendships we have. While Zoom is no substitute, it's great to be able to talk to people and see them and you know have a bit of fun with them. And you know, it just it's too soon for us anyway. I, I if if the question asked was, would you go in the man if it was on next month? No, I wouldn't. Martin, what about what about yourself? Is it um is it is it too soon? Well, we had a little conversation about this when we first saw this being released because it's also over the, it is over the August bank holiday weekend, isn't it? So literally the weekend before what is known as the summer school holidays will be over come the end of the August bank holiday weekend. Um, my initial reaction was, good God, no. Why would I even think about doing that? And probably all things being considered, I probably think the same. Equally, I quite like the sound of some of the bits being put in, and this probably is a is a my age is a factor. Fifty next year, I quite like the idea of booking a table for six people and only spending the time with people I know and like. Um, I quite like the idea of not queuing at the bar. I quite like the idea of not having to spend sixty or seventy quid on a ticket in advance, um, and just having half pints or two third pints during the day table service. So really, the only time I need to get up, presumably, is coming in, going out, and going to the toilet. So there are actually some aspects of this beer festival that I've seen described here that I actually quite like the idea of it. And I think because they need to land this, and let's assume no local lockdowns occur in the next couple of weeks in the UK, and it goes ahead, they, they will want to land it. They will police it. And to be honest, they will police it better than some of the pubs I've been to. I reckon they'll be quite very strict about it. They'll have security there. They will be paying to land this. 
Um, so I'd probably still be reticent to go, but part of that reticence for me would also be getting to the print work site in, a, in London is more than one form of public transport as well. So there's maybe a couple of bits of public transport there and a couple of bits back. So that's four separate journeys of public transport for, for you and I, Steve. But like I said, I think there are some, some parts of it that I would quite happily uh, engage in after this time has passed or as things maybe aren't uh, as serious or whether the medication is better. Um, I'd be very really interested to, to see how it goes. I mean, they must be investing quite a lot in this, Steve. Um, like I said, I think they'll want to land it. And I think the Bristol Craft Beer Festival that was mentioned, um, I imagine they'll be doing it on a very similar kind of way of doing it, a similar setup. So like I said, actually, I think if I took COVID-19 out of it and this festival existed, I'd be all over it. I, I, I very much like the idea of not having to get up in queue for, for beers and having beers bought to me because I'm largely inherently lazy and not having to stand in a queue for 10 minutes to wait for a beer and, and just have that beer bought to me when it's ready sounds, sounds great. Um, and much like yourself, you know, being able to just almost select six people that I want to spend the time with because, you know, I'm not the greatest fan of people at the best of times and crowds and, and, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's quite nice to be able to think that you could sort of like keep to within your own group. For me, it's just going to be, and and I think probably much like yourself, I've I've been in pubs recently where people are told they've got to sit at tables, and it takes about fifteen minutes before they start moving between tables and going to see their friends at another table, and it's just for me, would are, are like you say, are that festival going to police that? And if they see people table hopping, essentially, are they going to stop it? Personally, I think they will, or at least they will try to. Um, I think we can also reference what Wayne said earlier. You're, you're there for four hours. Meet up, meet up afterwards. Uh, whether that be somewhere outside or somewhere that lets you, and then you become a different crowd and you have two different tables somewhere else. Surely you can get through four hours without table hopping. I, I don't understand why you couldn't. I think you know, it just happens. I, I think it happens and people can't help themselves. And, and that's, that, that's, oh, fuck that. They can help themselves. Human nature, like we're seeing in Ireland in particular at the moment, you've seen copious examples of it. And like you guys had the beach in Brighton absolutely packed and, and various other examples and, and so on. But like realistically, level of compliance decreases with the more inebriation that's happening. So like if you're sat there with your mates, it, it like I agree, it all sounds a very nice premise, but two hours into a four hour sitting, you've had like maybe three or four empty stouts and you're kind of going, oh yeah, there's so-and-so over there. Like not saying that you would personally, but, no, okay, really I take your point. I do take like, your point. Unless they're going to rugby tackle somewhere at the ground or actually literally have lines of people between between tables, it's, and then it feels like Gestapo-sponsored beer festival. You're not moving from your seat. Like it, I think Bring On The Beer in, in his tweet made a really good point. We are in totally surreal times. Like We went to a, a, a pub near us that does food, and it – well, our food's really nice and the service was really good. It all just felt really alien and sterile compared to what you would normally experience. You go down to a pub in your local town, you'll bump into someone you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, great, let's have a chat, and you can't do any of that. So it's, it's a question of how if, they, if they're determined to police it and they do actually police it, 
fair play to them. But I would even even if someone was dangling that in front of me and saying, "Would you go to that beer festival?" As nice as it all sounds, I'd still be a no. But don't you think there is an element that, as much as everyone is going to wait until things go back to normal, they may never do. Well, yeah, like there isn't there is an element of that, but I think in the absence of a vaccine and absent an absence of demonstrated control of the spread of the virus not just in the uk and ireland but around europe around the world that you know we, we live in a world economy now like it's very difficult for countries to justify keeping borders open and having green lists and approved lists and, and non-approved lists and all this kind of stuff because eventually then lobbying will start happening and all of a sudden you're letting in people from dallas texas which is one of the highest rates of infection in the u.s so it's I think it's just a little bit soon, but if, if this was like in February's time, if governments around Europe, for example, have got their shit together and they're managing it and it's all like levels of community transmission are really low and the t- contact tracing and, and identifying people is really strong, then yeah, you can. But the, there's, there's no country really, with the exception of New Zealand, that has demonstrated the ability to track and trace and quarantine so quickly that I'm, I'm aware of, and I, I, we have our troubles with it here. It takes two days to get a, a COVID-19 test result here. I don't know how long it takes in the UK. Between, 20, like, between 24 and 48 hours. Unless you're getting a test. test the same day, contact tracing, it, it's already on a losing battle because they're two days behind. So, I, like, for me, I agree, what, I, I agree with looking for the positives. Generally, I'm an optimistic person, but I just think this year before Christmas is a bit too soon. Fair enough. Well, uh, so any other thoughts from you, Steve, on this one? Uh, no, no. I mean, for, for me, it's too soon as, as well. I won't be rushing back to beer festivals just yet. Um, I'm quite enjoying having my own beer festivals at home, um, you, you know, curating my own beer lists or, 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 or doing things like, you know, this, the beers that we're drinking tonight, you, you know, buying into some of those things where you've got, um, some of the online suppliers are putting together virtual beer festivals, so I'm I'm quite happy to continue doing that until it's until it's safe to really be back in a large crowd. No, like I said, I'm, I, like I said, I, I like what they're trying to do, but I wouldn't be going myself. So, but I will be interested to hear how it goes. And fingers crossed, it does go well. Just because I don't want another spike anyway. Uh, apart from anything else yeah i think this one and the bristol craft beer festival in september i mean once you get past mid-september you're probably running out of time to do any beer festivals anyway because you lose your outside space yeah i'd I'd be interested to hear from any of our listeners if if they're going to either of them and 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 to let us know um how the events are and 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 whether they felt as though they were safe and well managed That, that that would be really interesting to hear yeah definitely um and also if anyone's got any other thoughts about it in in general Yep, I mean, we had obviously on this loads of comments this, this, this week. We couldn't feature them all. Uh, there is a link in the show notes. If you want to click through on that, you can see all of the comments that were made. Uh, you can keep the discussion going, use the hashtag opinions, and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down.
So first up from Lee at Brew York, who, who got in touch uh, following last week's show. Uh, just wanted to say thank you for another great podcast. I was thrilled to play it to the team in the brewery the other day and ensure that Roddy got the plaudits he deserved for his work with Go Big and Stay Home. I especially enjoyed the fade out music, which I can't name as that act definitely isn't signed to a label that also happens to be the studio we got into a lot of trouble with, with a recent release for honoring one of their films. Shame it's you guys are going back to fortnightly, but in another way, I guess that means like it's getting somewhere nearer normal, so not bad at all. Been great to get an extra dose of your show through this period. As always, keep up the great work. And then from Jack Renders at Renders underscore Jack, loving the snippets. Your show has kept me sane and changed my drinking and beer buying habits over lockdown. Thank you, Martin and Steve. Um, oh, that's very nice. Thank you, Jack. And um, to Lee's brew team, I'm just really sorry. You had to listen to us while you try to work. But you're having to listen to us every week as well. At least, <laughs> at least they're going to get a break soon. Yeah, so I think what Lee is saying is that the brew team are really pleased that you're going to every other week again. From Ian Hay at II Hay, cracking episode as usual. Hope you do get back to some of those long episodes, though. I enjoy them. I keep telling people, be careful what you wish for. Seriously. <laughs> uh, from Mark Johnson, lovely snippet. Although, as my own normality starts to resume, I welcome the return of the fortnightly show so I can keep up. From Pete at Pete Drinks a Beer. Great episode, guys. I wonder if Camera could undertake a review of member benefits and see what similar organisations offer, maybe focusing more on social events on and offline and advocacy elements instead of discounts and newsletters, etc. Very much feeding into last week's discussion. That yeah, it's good. Good. It's a good question, actually. Yeah, very, oh, like very, very good. And with that, we are coming to the end of the second beer that, that, that we've been drinking this evening. Um, Janice has been sucking her whiskey there al alongside the pool. So I'm intrigued to see how that combination is going, Janice. It's a Tullamore Dew whiskey as well. Oh, so lovely. Nice. Yeah, one of my better ideas. <laughs> is it is it complimenting the beer? Yeah. Do you want me to go go again? Beer. Whiskey. Oh, yeah. Beer again. Works, work, works so oh, yeah. well as an audio medium, that does. Yeah. <laughs> Completely delicious. Oh, God. I'll sleep right. well tonight. Wayne, how's your second beer been? Um, yeah, like I just noticed the packaging. It was packaged just before Christmas last year. So that's been dwelling in the fridge for about eight months. But it is. It kind of just tastes really like a bit of an amped up version of the pale ale, uh, a little bit, a little bit more of a chewy, kind of chewy body. Um, it's lost a little bit of the vibrancy on the nose, I think, but it's 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 it definitely can be traced back to Sierra Nevada pale ale, definitely. Nice, excellent, excellent. I bet, bet that would have been nicer a couple of months earlier, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm extremely guilty of that all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> go in the fridge it's like oh i totally forgot i had that beer whoops <laughs> martin how's the uh, titanic stout been um almost four and a half years on from when i last had it and i'm still really loving it um it is a little bit smoky and roasty very dry a nice dry finish i suppose it probably comes under irish dry stout category um really Easy to drink, four and a half percent. I could, you could easily neck a few of these. It's warmed up nicely as well. So yeah, really enjoyable. What about your one, Steve? Uh, the Hobson's Postman's Knock, the uh, Rich Ruby Porter. It's a, it's a straight up adjunct-free traditional porter. 
Um, it's it's drinking really easy. It's got really kind of roasted feel to it. Um, finishes quite bitter, um, but but not so much so that it, it's stripping your palate. It's it's one that you just keep going back in and drinking over and over again. We've all got final beers in glasses this evening. Um, so starting with our guests again first, what are you drinking to finish off with this evening, guys? My last one um, is from Obro the Brewing down in uh, just outside Dublin and Bray, actually, or Kilcool, uh, Turning Point IPA. So this is part of their off the wall. They, they partner up with like local graffiti artists for the labels. So they've had some pretty epic labels. So they've also had some pretty bloody banging beers as well. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into this. I have gone for uh, a dark lager from Lineman. Continuing on the dark theme, have you still got the whiskey going there, Janice? Oh yeah, sense? yeah, I still have the <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised you two haven't cracked open an impy stout. I, I really am. Oh, I, you know, I was tempted. But... The temptation was there, but we have work tomorrow. He dude. has to. He has to drive in the morning. Fair enough. Fair enough. Martin, what's your final beer this evening? Um, I've got an oaken beer, but it's maybe not the oaken people might have expected. It's not Citra. It's the Jeffrey Hudson Bitter, better known as JHB, four point two percent. Uh, basically, it's a blonde blonde ale. So I'm pretty certain I've had this previously, but just not for a while. But I always trust Oakham anyway. It's an absolute classic, that one, isn't it? Yeah. I am on the Sandbrook's Battersea Rye, uh, handcrafted speciality rye, 5.8%. So uh, it's been a while since I've had a beer from Sandbrook's. Um, and certainly the first time I've had one in a can from them as, as as well well the cans are a pretty recent addition not unlike a lot of other people over the last six months as well i think i had the batsy rye when i went there for the 10th anniversary their 10th birthday party remember quite enjoyed it actually well should we dive in and and, and see yep. cheers everyone cheers. cheers i'm going to ask you steve you're you're pulling a face i mean it's not the sour face it's a different face it's a man of many faces for podcasting. Um, what do you think of the Batsy Rye? It's it's a tasty beer, but I'm confused as to what it actually is, style-wise, because fla flavor-wise, it's very uh, it's quite sweet. There's 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 quite a bit of um, raisin notes going on in that, and not really a lot of the spicy characteristics that you might associate with a rye beer on 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 the finish yeah i i, I had a look at my check-in earlier and that's the one thing i noted was it wasn't it didn't have that spicy characteristic and actually i actually quite enjoyed it because of that sometimes that spicy rye characteristic i think takes away from the rest of the beer whereas i think with that one you've got there it's a very well-rounded rye beer it, it is, but for, for me, it's one of those things that if, if a beer says it's supposed to be something and it doesn't then actually do the thing it says it's supposed to be. Well, it's got rye in it. Well, yeah, but I can't, it's, it's not. It doesn't have to be spicy. Like a wheat beer doesn't have to smell a banana. Okay, fair, fair point. I'll, I'll, I'll back down on that one. Um, it is a tasty beer, though. Um, it, is, it is like drinking, it's like drinking fruitcake. It, it, almost, it almost tastes like a baby barley wine. Well, 
Maybe you should get a second one and just leave it in the uh, back of the cupboard for a few years. To, to develop a little bit. <laughs> See yeah. what happens to it. Yeah. What about our guests' final beers? What do they think? Janice, Janice. En- Janice enjoys that one that she's just taken a sip of. <laughs> but, but... It, was, it, was, it was Wayne's one. It's delicious. <laughs> um, so, Wayne, what's Janice's beer like? <laughs> Janice's beer is also actually very good as well. Um, I just don't think it was the right choice for me after a porter. Probably not. Probably should have gone the other way around. Yeah, probably. Um, well, finished the- finished off with finished off with the porter and whiskey and had that one in between. Well, yeah. I did ask her that she wanted a third well, beer, and she said, "No, I'll be fine with." I two. wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna even have a third one, but I felt pressured into it. Oh, come on, <laughs> Janice! I don't think you've ever been pressured. <laughs> Definitely not. There is that rubber arm. <laughs> no, mine's actually very, very tasty. I just did it in the wrong order, but it's a very good beer. Yeah, um, I'm drinking another IPA, Cal Surprise. Um, from a brother, it's not as it's not as aggressive as the Whiplash one. It's a little bit more, a little bit more subtle. Um, it's got two hops in it. I don't think I, I've, I've definitely had Strata before, but I don't ever recall having a beer with Meridian in it. Um, but it's just a nice First time I've ever heard of that. Yeah, I've never heard of it myself. Yeah. Uh, the, it's actually just a really nice, a little bit of stone fruit, a little bit of citrus. Not very bitter, but it's just a nice beer. It doesn't have that sharp citrusy sherbet finish that the Whiplash one did, um, but I really enjoy it. Like, again, our brother brewing or another brewery that we're big fans of. How's the uh, JHB, Martin? Um, as it describes, like crisp and refreshing. Citra is obviously one of the uh, single hot benchmark beers from the UK over the last 10 years, um, alongside Yarl, which we mentioned a few weeks ago. But this is a much more, um, probably well-balanced, it's much more rounded than the Citra, not as punchy or as bitter definitely a more of a beer you would just chuck down your neck for three four five pints um and i'm really enjoying it out of the bottle actually i can't remember the last time i had it out of the bottle but now i've got it again and if i'm correct i'm pretty certain my local co-op has this in bottles as well so i might a few of these might end up in the in the beer cupboard soon gonna be stocking up on that yeah 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 it's really it's actually really good 4.2 percent very easy the cask version apparently is less. It's three point eight percent. Oh, one of those where there's 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 two different strengths. Yeah, and also, um, I, I don't some some beers I've noticed do that, but I don't know why. With this one, four point two percent is pretty much as sessionable as three point eight to my mind. So yeah, no, it's an interesting one. Um, the, the only Mount, other one, Mount that... Hood. Sorry, have you heard of the Mount Hood hop? Yeah, no. So you have Wayne, because I I haven't. Um, so this is hops with Challenger and Mount Hood. I've never heard of the Mount Hood hop either. See now, now, now mine's actually got hops listed on the bottom as well, and it's got it's got Bramling Cross, which I've heard of before, and then it's got WGV and Northdown. I and I can't say I've ever heard of those two hops. No, no, I, it's a bit of a bit of a hop journey tonight, Steve, for us. It is. It's, it's, it's almost like those flavour doors are opening again, mate. Flavour doors. <laughs> you could almost turn that into one word, couldn't you? Flavour door. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Well, while we're just finishing these, uh, we've got one question this week. Questions, questions, fill my head. Which was from Mark Johnson. And um, he says, since pubs reopened, my at-home drinking has dropped by about 95% and is currently a lot less than it was before all this happened. 
Has your own dropped much and how does it compare to pre-COVID? Pie charts in the show notes, welcome. Now, I can promise you now, Mark, there are going to be no pie charts in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but we, 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 will, we will discuss this. Um, so uh, personally, for me, um, I'm probably still drinking the same at home as I was before, during and now um because i'm still not i'm still not going out an awful lot i even even pre-covid my my job doesn't necessarily have a commute to it so i'm not going to and from a place um i don't have that kind of pattern of popping into the pub after work with 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 workmates um i generally only used to go to the pub maybe two or three times a month and one of those was always the Essex bottle share. So I, I think mine is, is probably about the same, actually. I'm probably still drinking as much as home as I have done in the last 6, 12, 18, 24, 48 months. That's because you're unsociable, Steve. We've established I, that. I am largely unsociable, yeah. yeah. And I do dislike people. Um, I don't like crowds. And yeah, I, I don't like to be in a forced situation where I actually have to talk to other people. <laughs> What you mean, like a podcast? Yeah, yes, so how does yeah. That work? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. I think I'm just generally not one. I'm, I'm, I'm a home creature. I like being at home. I suppose my answer to the question is because, unlike you, Steve, my commute was to and from London by train. So there were there may be the possibility of a lunchtime bevy or an after work bevy, um, but obviously that has gone over the last six months. Uh, by the time I go back to work, it'll be about seven months. Um, my overall drinking is probably about the same, but I still work on the same premise, but I'm aiming for around about three dry days a week, depending how I decide to work my weeks, whether it be your two, one week or two week rotor, because I used to get in the habit of every two weeks because I had Michael every other weekend. Um, so my total drinking is about the same. The at-home ordering has lessened a tad i mean a, a definitely just a tad um, because i have been out a few more times but but i try to just keep fairly much the same amount of drink being consumed whether that be a com now that it's a combination of away from home and at home it's an interesting one for you folks isn't it because you're still not going out yet are you not really no not really no it's uh during lockdown, when we couldn't go anywhere, we were drinking an awful lot more than we yeah. ever had done. Yeah, like that's that's definitely tapered off. Like while I was doing the work for DHL, going over and back to, to Heathrow three times a week, like I was I was always stopping in in Waitrose or Tesco or Morrison's to pick up whatever supermarket beers, lots of Keller pills basically, and um, definitely initially it was loads of online orders like just fridge was always full we've definitely tapered it back a bit but i think i think we're it's, back to our pre-covid yeah i'd say we're about the same as pre-covid now because i'm back in the office five days a week dance back in the shop five days a week um not having the pubs open while it is crap it also means that i'm not going out for a couple of cheeky pints on a saturday afternoon waiting for janice to finish work and and that kind of stuff but it's but yeah, like now, now we just drink usually on a Saturday evening and Sunday afternoon. Yeah, mainly. I suppose the thing for me is still that because I am working from home and I haven't got to worry about the commute, that I will 
potentially when I do have a drink of a school night, it was, I will drink a bit later because I haven't got to worry about getting home and then getting up early the next day, getting on a train, getting into the office. Right. There's definitely an element of that and probably more tempted to have one or two bigger beers as an evening yeah. goes on because it's exactly the same, same reason. I know that I could probably still get, if you go to bed at midnight, I could still get seven hours sleep. Yeah. And I'm still in the office long before nine o'clock. One of the things that this time has, has brought us is, as I mentioned earlier, the return of, of your podcast. Uh, it's been great listening to you guys having those, what are essentially long form, just chilled discussions with, with, with various people about different things. And I know you guys don't like to be put on the spot regarding the podcast. Is is, no, is are you? Is is this a regular return now? Are you? Yeah. Are you back? Uh, yeah, we no, see... we're we're back. Yeah, we are. It's the difficulty we found is trying to nail nail people, people down. down for like. It's actually the pandemic has made it slightly easier because it's not a, it's not a we have to physically go somewhere and record now. We can go look if you have Skype on your mobile phone. Or if you have Zoom, we can just have a have a conversation, have a couple of beers, and it's kind of been the style we've always gone for. In, in, in like when we're talking to other people that are not just ourselves, jabbering on about whatever nonsense we talk about, but it, it's been great to hear firsthand from from our contributors how how they have pivoted or mm-hmm. what what what's changed for them. Like obviously, apart from the obvious, but to, to get real frontline kind of stories in that sense. I think some of the stories have been brilliant. Some of the tales they've told and the, the, the guy you were talking about who set up the online shop and has got the pizza brew pub. Yeah. Goodness knows how busy he must be now. Mm-hmm. He was and sounded so busy did, before. He did that alone. Yeah. He was doing all of that by himself because yeah. he couldn't have staff in there. Yeah, that's just nuts. But no, I've, I've really enjoyed hearing the different tales and stuff. Um, so yeah, so are you going to keep up the same sort of format or will the format change? Um, the intention is probably to do two or three episodes of an interview type nature and then go back to kind of like a summary, just the two of us talking about recent events. Because I suppose it's... Sometimes we it, can't always I, nail I, people I, down. We've always wanted our, our podcast to be a platform for people to tell their own story and like they might just need a little bit of nudging up a jaw and to to kind of keep on track and everything, but it's really about them and, and their story. We're, we just happen to be the space where they're able to come in and, yeah. and chat about it. And the more comfortable we can make them feel, we find the better the stories are. Like Stephen Clinch had a lot of really good stories. Unfortunately, we had to edit some of them out because of the, the con- connection yeah, wasn't great. But it's just like, we love, like people buy off people ultimately. And, we love to know what's going on behind the, the curtain and, you know, to chat to people and where their head is at, where their thoughts are at. Like even chatting to, to Brian, who is doing the, the virtual beer festivals and everything yeah. like that is, mm-hmm. it's great to see where he's coming from. Cause he's like, he's similar. He just wants to give people that platform to show themselves to potentially a different audience that they wouldn't normally get. So yeah, that's the plan. It's um, it's one of the things that will, forever stick with me during during this time is um because I, d- during lockdown i d- 
did a lot of walking and while I was walking, I was, I was listening to podcasts and uh, a lot of that time was taken up listening to you guys, just, just talking the shit with, with, with other people. And it, that, that's one of the memories that will forever stick with me is, is, is walking in the sun, listening to you guys talking about how, how beer is changing and how the, the, the scene is changing in Ireland. I'm almost at the end of my Battersea Rye. Uh, the one thing I'm going to say, and again, this is going to, on an audio podcast, a visual doesn't necessarily work, but look at the lacing on that pint from a, from a can. It looks like a cast beer lacing, mate. It's, it's proper, proper lacing. And it's, it's, this is going down really well. Just despite me moaning about the fact that it didn't taste enough of rye at the beginning, that the, the fact that it's essentially tasting like a baby barley wine is, is ticking every single box that I need it to tick. So I'm very, very happy with this beer. Oh, so maybe this is the way forward. Trick you into thinking you're drinking a real barley wine, but give you a 5.8% Sam Brooks. Yeah. Session barley. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say my JHB's almost gone and I can easily tuck into another one or two. It's just a very easy drink. But Oakham, I think, are, I know what they do. You, their DNA runs through all their beers. And, you know, you could have a few JHBs and maybe some Citra and then go up to Green Devil. And that wouldn't be a bad session at all. No, not, not all. And there is a great selection of beers in, in this box as well. And you also get tasting notes and a suggested running order as, as well. And which is if, if, you, if you want to do all 14 of those drinks in one evening, it, it does tell you the order in which you can gradually forget about your evening. I'm um, looking forward to you doing the cider, Steve. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen in a hurry. <laughs> or no one hijacked the emoji roller coaster yet for that. Not, not yet. Not yet, mate. Not the emoji roller coaster. Um, we are very, very grateful to the best of British beer for sending us across those boxes. Um, as I say, there'll be a link in the show notes to, to where you can get one of those. They are, um, they, it is a limited edition box. So if you do want to get one, I'm not sure how many of them will be left by the time um, that this podcast comes out and people listen to it but if it is something that's up your street certainly give that a go uh martin what's coming up next time is i don't think we've quite decided yet have we steve so no it's we're, we're, we're uncertain at the moment but we'll decide that in the next few days uh discussion will be the recent poll which we round uh ran which is about rounds do you still get involved so oh, i'm looking got, forward to discussing yeah, that one actually. plenty of comments on that as well so it should be good fun yeah uh, Wayne Janice thank you so much for joining us tonight it's been lovely catching up with you guys it, it always is uh, where where can people find you on the socials uh, Instagram and Twitter is at Irish Beer Snob for me uh, Twitter is at our Mrs Beer Snob and Instagram is Mrs underscore Beer Snob all that's left to be said is um, it's been a wonderful evening. I hope our listeners enjoy listening to this as much as we've recorded it. Cheers. 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 Cheers.